Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a free title, and get started listening now. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 82, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am not joined by Ben Baseball this evening, but I am joined by my other co-host. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Good evening. Welcome back, man. Yeah, I haven't listened to what you guys talked about while I was away, but I can only imagine that it was pure gold. Yeah, Ben told a story about his dog pulling a bunny up to the house that was like only a quarter there. It was it was oh, quite the, so it was a, the a quarter of a bunny. Basically, yeah. It was weird. It's a gift. Yeah. You accept gifts. That's exactly what Ben's theory was, that he was bringing him a gift. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ben and dogs, we'll just we'll play a little drop just to commemorate him not being here. I love the idea, but like at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? Always worried about where the dogs pee. Oh, man. Way out of context. You just have no idea where that was going. I actually do know. It was in like one of our very first episodes or very early on, and we were talking about the bring your dog to the ballpark night which is a great idea except for ben's point of like where do they pee that's i mean yeah so i would counter that with where do the hicks spit their dip spit that's that's fair maybe in a cup but i mean they hope what do they so maybe we we really need to figure out something here can i just like take a step back from all of this please How, how 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 do they clean the stadium after a game there's so much right and they do it so quickly too there's liquid and solid yes. there's compost and recyclables and non-recyclables like there's a lot going on and think about the fact that they will do it between like double headers like and they always ask you like hey please do try to take your trash with you so that way you know which i get and i'm happy to do anyway i do that no matter what i don't typically just leave cups sitting around but we all get you know have a few beers and forget sometimes it happens to the best of us I, it's just the best of us. I need to find out. I need to see the process. I need to know more. Yeah, we, we definitely need to try to find some sort of janitorial staff once we get our, our media <laughs> passes. That seems like the first <laughs> the first thing to do. Oh, boy. seems like the right way to go. say the joke that comes to mind there. No, no, probably not. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, man, it's been a weird, like, se- the first, like, week or two of September is always so brutal in baseball just in general because it just... It, there's so much time to go, and we'll get we'll get into this here a little bit longer. But it just feels that way right now, and like I'm stoked for the playoffs, but it feels yes. like we got forever. Yeah, so I felt this sort of slowdown in August of last year, and I made it through August of this year and was still pretty jazzed. And then we hit September, and I just hit a wall. We both and, did. Yeah, you know, there there's some actually exciting races out there, but. I'm not interested in them right now. I don't. I'm, it's like a war of attrition. I'm just kind of like, 
slogging through it until the the important games start happening in the playoffs. And that's that really hurts me to even say out loud, but it's I'm true. I'm struggling this year. Dude, I feel like I even last year whenever the Red Sox were really good, I, I definitely attribute some of it to them being bad like, you know, on most terms bad this year. I definitely attribute some to that, but I think even last year I was fatigued by baseball. And I mean, I guess it's probably you have football starting, so that is kind of refreshing. And then you, but you've been watching baseball for months. But then the baseball, the baseball playoffs start at a really good time for that because you're just like, okay, football, the the chic and the shine is kind of worn off, and you're you're kind of moving on. So you're back to baseball, which I love. It, but I mean, we're the most ardent baseball guys, and like, even we're tired by it. So it's it's pretty crazy, man. Some so I told a guy in the office, I was like, hey, you know, we're I was explaining sort of what you and I are talking about right now. That's sort of um getting getting a little worn on the regular season. And he goes, Oh, that's okay. That's just because your team is out. Um, the Rangers. Right. Well, that's not even it. Yeah, no, definitely not. I know what you mean. It doesn't help, but it's definitely not just that. They were out in mid-July, and I had lots of energy about a lot of things between then and now, and uh, I don't really know. It's just, yeah. ah, there's just a lot, and that's, you know, foreshadowing to the piece of shit corner. But yeah, whatever. we'll get there. We'll definitely get there. It's been it's been a, a weird time, though, I think, overall for baseball, and I, I'm definitely ready to get to the playoffs. Things are starting to shake out overall. We'll kind of go over, like, what we think as we head towards the playoffs. I mean, we're, what, like, three, four weeks away right now? Something like that? Yeah, about uh, four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're close. So, because you and I are going to try to go to the first Braves playoff game if we can make that happen. I very much want to make that happen. I also, uh, my father invited me to come back to Dallas and go to a game on Saturday, uh, September 28th against the Yankees. It's the second to last home game in the old stadium. Okay. Um, I went to the games in the old stadium um, before the ballpark in Arlington Globe Life. And I went to opening day in the first, you know, series in Globe Life, then the ballpark in Arlington and, you know, 400-ish games between then and now. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping I can cap it with yeah. seeing the second to last game and then also going to opening day uh, in March part. with you guys. That's going to be a blast. I can't wait for that. Huh, me neither. Fucking air conditioning. Thank you. Dude, I've been watching. So you were here. When were you here last to see it? Was that opening day in April? Um, yeah, it Probably, was. Right? Okay, so since you've been here, so they pretty much had the whole lower bowl built, and that's been done for a little while. They have all the big arches where the uh, the roof is going to slide open and everything built now. They are massive. You can see them from miles away, and they look epic. I mean, Tight. It, and they're like a rust color right now because they haven't, like, you know, you know, they'll go back and finish it later, but like... Even that, just the grandeur of it, looks incredible. It almost dwarfs the uh, the fo uh, hideous football stadium that's next door for the Cowboys. Really? Yeah. That is that it, is a statement. It doesn't, but it's just the way it kind of looks next to it. And yeah. All that it's it's yeah, man. It looks awesome. I'll I'll shoot some pictures and get them up on the Instagram later. Yeah. As much as I love the ballpark in Arlington or Globe Life Stadium, whatever they're gonna call it. So um, it's Globe Life Park right now. It's gonna be Globe Life Globe Field. Life Field. Right. Yeah. I will appreciate every bit of, you know, BTU they pump out of uh, Globe Life Field to make my life a lot easier during June, July, August games. Correct. The ones that you're never here for, but nonetheless, you have the option to be an AC yes. when you are. 
I want industrial grade chillers. I want them tomorrow, <laughs> and I want it to be seventy four degrees. All right, I'll I'll pop over there tomorrow and check in and make sure that we have the industrial grade. I don't want any window units or anything like that. I want full on, like you said, BTUs of power. Yes, I, I, we should drag my brother on. Uh, he talks. He's a AC salesman. He could talk about thermal <laughs> couplings and perfect whatever for days. I'll just pick him up and bring him with me just to make sure we got the right guy over there. I've got to say when I when he was he was here in I I want to say like um, April for like some sort of convention. Yeah, and he would not shut up about all the nitty gritty AC climate control details that he knows are being built into that facility. Hell yeah. So I have it on high authority that this is going to be a, a well-controlled environment, top of the line coolness for everybody. <laughs> I mean, I want to like, I want to go in there in like July, and I want to have to wear a parka. Like, I want it to be cold. I want icicles <laughs> off my nose. Like, I want it to That's be right. chilly. Talk about home field advantage. Yeah, <laughs> first pitch will be thirty-two degrees. Exactly. What? No more. No less. <laughs> Oh, you didn't bring your shit, Cardinals? Yeah, you're basically having to walk into an internal chamber whatever, off of the concourse. <laughs> yeah, I want awesome. it cold, for sure. I, I know that I will definitely attend more games, because I won't do it now. I, I don't love the Rangers, really. I, I'll, I, they're fine. I have no problem with the Rangers. I you know, I live near them. I've always I pulled for them whenever they were really good. You know, I've, I've never had any problem with them. And I, I don't go to games because it's 100 goddamn degrees, and it's like 120 in the sun, and I just... I love baseball, but I'm not doing it. But now it's I'll have pleasant. that option. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we have media passes and all that so we can be there as often as we want, but we'll, we'll see. So I guess uh, on average on a baseball season, how many Rangers games do you think you normally go to? Five. And then next season when we have Dome and every other season, maybe like double it? 20 plus probably. 20? I live right down the street from it. It's incredibly close. It's so close. So it's really easy to get to. So if I want to, you know, pop over there for a random Wednesday night game or whatever, I can do that. So you can get like the cheapest ticket they've got for, well, it's a new stadium. You got to think maybe like 16 bucks after tax for a cheapest ticket. Oh, I'm going to say 300. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, no, yeah, probably something like that. It's probably going to be a little pricier than that. I want to say, I don't know. It just, that'll be really interesting to see. I, I don't, I haven't heard much about what ticket prices are going to be like there yet. You got to think they're already selling them, right? Uh, yeah, they definitely are. I think my my dad's already got his season tickets. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's got to be decent. Did they do the seat license thing? I can't imagine they did, right? I don't believe they did. I don't. That's don't a quote football. Me on that. That's a football thing. I don't really think that's a baseball or. It's definitely a football thing. Yeah. Okay. I just There's so few games in football. That's like, true. That makes more sense. Yeah, that's a good point. God, could you imagine if you had to buy one for <laughs> for the 82? That'd be terrible. Not okay. 81. But um, yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be an awesome place. I'm definitely going to attend more games. I'm right down the road from it, so I may as well. And yeah, we're definitely going to be there for opening day, so that'll be fun. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the Rangers that they're going to be, I don't know, they're going to have a really interesting offseason, man. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting a ton. Yeah. They're probably going to take the same approach that they just did, where you try to go out and sign some some value guys. I mean, in their defense, it it didn't get them, you know, any kind of competitive. We never expected that, but they've got they had some good stuff come out of it all. Lance Lynn's been really good. Lance Lynn's been good. Mike Manner's been good. They didn't get rid of either of those guys. Uh, Colby Allard, the guy they acquired from the Braves, they gave him a few starts. 
he hasn't been like electric or anything, but he's showing potential, but he's pretty young mm-hmm. and controllable, which is pretty cool. Huge. Yeah. Um, not Ronald Guzman. Not about that guy. No. He's, he's not going to go anywhere. No. Well, uh, all I can say is at least your team still has a general manager. Yeah. Let's talk about that, dude. It's been a weird, weird, weird couple of days with all that. So, for those that don't know, this news broke last night. So I'm gonna kind of we're gonna talk about this in a in a kind of a bigger picture type of way because there's a lot to talk about here. Um, but Dave Dabrowski got fired, and he was the president of ha! Ba- what? Oh, ha! <laughs> president of baseball operations for the Red Sox, and I mean I'd say overall, like in the industry, a really respected guy. I mean, would you agree? I would agree. I think he's done some good things in Detroit and some good things in Boston, right? Yeah, I mean, he's assembled like championship caliber teams and he was he came to Boston and did what was adver- what he was advertised as, which was taking the a really rich farm system, trading him away. You're signing like, you know, David Price, Chris Sale, you know, you're trading for Craig Kimbrell. You're doing a lot of things that really need to be done ultimately to help. And, and then also keeping the young guys intact was big, too, of keeping Mookie Betts and Benintendi and all that and Bogarts and really keeping that that young core together but also trading away some of the pieces that may or may not matter I mean is that a pretty accurate representation of his resume it's it's accurate I think he put a a little bit of a positive spin on it I think people who believe that he did uh wrong by Detroit and soon to be Boston long term would say he comes in and he consumes all of the resources that an, an operation has to offer it's a slash and burn right um gets what he can get for the things that are available and then he leaves well it wasn't really his choice it sounds like but uh, we'll yeah. get into that in a second but he uh i i agree with that the one thing he's not good at doing was constructing bullpens and <laughs> i mean <laughs> tell me more well uh, even so i mean i look at the bullpen right and i mean that's been the achilles heel for the red sox all year is their yeah. bullpen well actually it, it even, hasn't even really been that as much as it was that their starters were really bad really early, which taxed the already not great bullpen and then just made it way worse. Like you drove guys that had limited upward mobility right into the ground immediately. Neither of those components of the game, the starters or the bullpen were good, but the bullpen was catastrophic. Absolutely. How many players do you think occupied the closings? closer status i would say probably 10 but probably something around that but whenever chris sale or david price doesn't hand you a win or yes. doesn't hand off any kind of lead whatsoever or porcello is another example I, I just it's really hard for it i mean i'm not saying they helped the situation by any means but that they weren't the only cause of it i mean i'm looking right now i'm pulling up the pitching staff records and David Price, I know, or I'm sorry, uh, Chris Sale, I know, has a six and eleven record on the on the year. We're talking uh, about Chris Sale. That doesn't happen. David, no, we know he had an off year though. I mean, Rick Porcello, twelve and twelve. Erod was seventeen and five. He had a great year. And David Price is seven and five. He spent a lot of time on the the DL. But I mean, overall, that's not a a, a great overall picture of the the starting staff no and you know Dombrowski thought that everything was going to be fine right so that's and another he part do of anything no he did not a thing so I can I from okay so I can understand like you're going into the season 
And like the thing was, like this is pretty much the same bullpen as it was last year, minus Joe Kelly and Craig Kimbrell. But like, you go in there thinking, okay, we're gonna see what we've got, and we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes. And you know, if we have to add, we have to add. That's that's fine. It was arrogant, but it was fine. Where it really got arrogant though is when you get to the trade deadline and you keep saying we're fine, we're fine, we're fine when things are not fine. Yeah, that was the real problem, and that's where I honestly think that he got at odds with management because the the important thing to remember here is that management is paying two hundred and fifty seven point seven million dollars in salary, oh. and. Every dollar over that after this year goes into the triple repeater tax where you pay 75% on the dollar for every every single uh, dollar over that. Plus, you drop 10 spots of their high, of the high, team's highest pick in the 2020 oh. draft. So it's a pretty big incentive not to go over that. So the Red Sox ownership is saying, if we're going over that, this damn thing better be good, which yeah. I get, right? I mean, is that a... A fair expectation? I think it's a fair expectation. I would also like pop, ask you, do you think that's worth the single championship you got? Well, I, ultimately, yeah, because he, he came in there. That was what he was advertised as. He was going to come on in there. He's going to trade away all the pieces, and he's going to get us a championship, and he did that. So it's hard to really be mad at him. Yeah, but it was just like blind ignorance, right? Oh, like, this, what? Year, <laughs> dude, this year was really bad. This year pissed me off. Do we really have all the facts to say that? I, I you know, I think that as well. Mm-hmm. But do we really know everything to say like that was a shitty move, or is there just some? Are we missing something that says like, oh my god, I had no idea? Like, absolutely, we, you know, how can can't you not? I mean, you and I can look at this on paper and say this has got problems. I mean, I, I he's a baseball GM. I, I just, I, you got to think that he knew. And when you're continually asked, it should make you think maybe I should address this. And so I don't know. That's just maybe. That, maybe that's just me. Um, he's not an idiot. No. Like if you talk, if you wouldn't had a beer with this guy, he's not a dumbass. He would blow our fucking minds with baseball. Absolutely. Stuff. I've actually talked to him before. He's fucking fascinating. I ran into him really randomly in a place in Dallas when the Red Sox were in town. Uh, but anyway, really, really like you know, well thought out dude or whatever. But anyway, I mean, they're <laughs> seventeen and a half games out of first place right now. They're eight games out of the wild card behind the A's. I it's mean, not okay. at the end of the day, they pretty much return the same team, bullpen or not. It's been a disappointment. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, we went into this year. Obviously, my expectations were high. I don't think anybody saw this specific thing coming. No. But the craziest part about this is when they did it as well, they actually fired him while they were raising the championship banners in Foxborough for the Patriots. <sighs> my god and you that's that's a news dump is what that is yeah you know that's gonna fall into a a chamber that no one's gonna listen to right so like that's a really shitty thing to do too i agree well like why now why don't why don't we wait till the end of the year at this point i mean what's the difference between when you fire him uh if you fire him now like what's going to change between when you fire him later I mean, by firing him, you pretty much say we're moving on to 2020, regardless of what happens, which they're doing no matter what. They don't have a choice. So I I would argue that this is a no bullshit move. Like, yeah, well, yeah, no shit. We fight. We were going to fire him. Like we fired him when we were ready to fire him. So we fired him. That's fair. 
I, I will paint this with a, a bit different of a, a light, and this may make you feel a little bit differently <laughs> about it. Because <laughs> this, this is ludicrous to me, okay? So John Henry, principal owner of the Red Sox, Larry Lucchino as well. He's kind of like a minority owner or whatever. He's got a pretty big stake in the team, but John Henry owns the majority of it. John Henry also owns the Boston Globe newspaper in Boston. Mm-mm. He also owns the television station, Nesson. He also owns the radio station, WEEI. And you got a nice little conglomerate there. Right. And, dude, I'll tell you, guys like Dan Shaughnessy, who, if you if you don't know who Jan- Dan Shaughnessy is, he's a real prick of a writer. Don't he, look him up. Don't Really don't, honestly. But you could go look at him now because he writes puff pieces constantly because you know they said cut that shit out is what they did. I mean, they pretty much own it. I mean, the John Henry's kind of a piece of work. He also owns uh, the uh, Liverpool FC as well. Oh, A very, very wealthy man. <laughs> they're not bad. No, they're not. And so, like, that's his, like, this is what he does. Like, he knows what he's doing, but this is really strange. They decide, so they fire their president of baseball operations. They move three guys that are kind of, you know, like under him into the GM seat to share that, uh, presumably for the rest of the year. I'd imagine they're going to go try to find a GM after this. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went after Mike Hazen, who left there to go to be the GM of. Uh, the Diamondbacks right now. He's a great Ooh. baseball mind and be a really good, like young kind of replacement. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, I also think that Mike Hazen though might actually like what they're doing in Arizona, which we can get to that in a little bit. But we um, should get to that. We but will. Yeah. But I, I just think that they're going to go find another guy. But regardless, they said we're not having a press conference on this, and so Alex Cora had to sit there and answer questions about why his boss got Ugh. fired for 22 minutes at a press conference today. That is the press conference about it. Well, right. Why, why does the manager who didn't make this decision have to answer for this? That's a that's shitty not, one. That's not okay. So does it start? Is it really at the top then? I, I mean, it kind of feels like it, right? Who's above that guy? Nobody. Nobody's above DD. No, like it was him and then the owners. Like owners. Yeah. The, uh, the ownership is driving the ship. Right. That sounds like a real Rangers situation you got going on. Well, and I mean, as ownership, you, if you like, I mean, I think not to get into football or anything, but if Jerry Jones has shown us anything, it's that just because you can make great business decisions and make mar- like market the shit out of a team and make it, you know, the biggest brand in the world or whatever. Just because you can do all that doesn't mean you can run a baseball team, in which case you go hire someone that knows how to run a baseball team. And so I'm fine. I was absolutely fine with them hiring Dabrowski when they did. I knew what he was going to come in here and do. They have the worst farm system in baseball right now. And I knew that this was going to happen, but that's what you pay for to win a ring. That's just how it goes. Is it worth it to you? Yeah. I mean, given that they've run won four in 15 years. Yeah, it's fine. They, they won pretty good yeah. amount of world series it, it does piss um, this me year off has been really painful though right it's the same staff and right. i'm not sure how much you can blame that on ownership. The, or the on, ma- on ownership management all that that's just like adjustments that they were unwilling to make right and and i get that like i mean you don't have much farm system left so what you do have you want to try to hold on to as best you can some of their top prospects they were not willing to deal away and i'm okay with that but where the problem kind of comes into place are some of the, the things that he did to hamstring this team 
this year, and that didn't help either. So, for instance, yeah. we talked about this a lot. Eduardo Nunez, he was a great pickup piece last year. Not worth re-signing to a contract again this year. They caught lightning in a bottle in a lot of the players that I think you're going to mention. Mitch Moreland is another one. Not lightning in a bottle. He hits a lot of doubles off walls and his feet are bad. He has a negative 0.4 war. <laughs> so that's not great. Uh, I mean, uh, no, it's just a shit. <laughs> but I mean, like those two Sorry, players, those two players right there were $11.5 million. And it's like, those are players. Steve Pierce is another one of those. World Series MVP, which has worked out okay. How good was he last year? Last it was incredible. Year. And right. I wouldn't stop shitting on that guy. No. And like, Nathan Eovaldi's another great example of somebody that just was not worth the money. It just wasn't worth doing. Like, Nathan Eovaldi never made it through a full season, ever. Why would you go out and re-sign him to like a $15 million deal? That makes no sense whatsoever. So Dave Dombrowski didn't do himself favors in those in that sense. And he definitely, I, I look at it this way. I think he probably does, I think somebody was going to pay for this failed season no matter what happened, and it wasn't going to be Alex Cora. Yeah, not Alex. He's right. done all he could. So it wasn't going to be him. And it, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't necessarily know if someone should have to pay for it. If if it were me, I'd probably just try to run it back and get some more pitching. But yeah. I mean, at this point, at this offseason, they're going to lose one, if not both, of J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. Almost guaranteed. They'll lose Mookie? It's very much looking like it. He's go. He's going to, he has been very clear. He is going into free agency. And wow. That is not okay. a great and and historically Boston has not come out on a great end of that. Can we I don't want to speculate too wildly here no. and I know we're going to have lots of talk about the winter meetings and where teams are you know planning to spend their money and all that shit. Can we just speculate for a moment, just a moment about the prospect of a Mookie Betts going to a Los Angeles Angels team? That would be wild. That could very that much be in play. Arguably, the you know two of the top five baseball players on the same team, on the same team, not being marketed properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, who gives a shit? Not them, and not baseball either. That's fair. It's a good point. Yeah, because they're making four hundred million dollars. Um, I I just uh, I'll have to get to that man. I'll I'll really have to yeah, think. Sorry. More. No, no, you're good. I'll I just I have to think more about like what that would look like overall because I I I really. I don't see any reason why you don't go pay Mookie Betts. J.D. Yeah. Martinez, you can let walk, but I don't know how you can't. I mean, this is, to me, this is their Trout or or uh, Harper type situation where you, I agree. you pay him no matter what. And he'll end up with not them. Right. Oh, I, I almost 100% agree because the thing is, if they go into next year, that's where they're paying the 75 cents on the dollar or the 75% the on every dollar thing. And if they don't exceed it for a year, then that starts all over again. So that's a, I, I, I that's going to worry you whenever somebody wants $400 million, right? That's a lot of money. What if I told you today that when you go buy dinner for $20, that it's going to be taxed at a 75% rate? That would suck. Yeah. That's a $35 good. dinner for Correct. $20 worth of food. Correct. It's pretty crazy, but it, it it's to keep teams from going outside a little bit and trying to keep some of these these teams on a fair playing field so i get the yeah, the no, logic but if so, you were going to do that this would have been the year to try to burn a few things down they could have at the trade deadline traded some pieces away just given some shit away really for 
whatever prospects and try to rebuild on the fly a little bit when you know what you are. They knew what they were at the deadline. They haven't changed a bit. But they didn't. They did no like sort of mitigating moves. Oh no, they added Andrew Kashner. Oh yeah, that was a mitigating move <laughs> against winning. Right, mitigating winning. God, <laughs> we were a little high on him when they signed him. We we're like, oh shit, his stats aren't that bad. It didn't look terrible on paper, but we all. In our heart of hearts, we knew that he wasn't going to do like amazingly well. We knew he was going to show up at some point, and he did. He so um, what I've done is I've pulled up the the way that we called the season. Um, each individual person who contributes to the Outfielder podcast. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> if you don't mind, I'd like to call out where each of us thought the Red Sox were going to land. At Please. The I had him so, winning a World Series again. I know that. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, would you it's blame me at the time? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's fair. We have, let's say, we have 15 games left to play. So there's yep. some discrepancies there. But currently, the Red Sox uh, have 76 wins and 67 losses. They're they're you know a couple games above 500. Uh, so. It's absolutely Justin. ludicrous, dude. How did that happen? Justin has the Red Sox winning 94 games. That's an 18-game discrepancy. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible for them to overcome that. No, they're not going to do it. It's highly unlikely. He also has them taking the wild card and then being the AL champ and then winning the World Series. Again, at so, the time, it made sense. It made sense to a lot of us. This is just to further illustrate how much faith that literally everyone on the planet had in the Red Sox to do better. They had right. the same goddamn team. The same team, minus a closer. Baseball had them winning 99 games, <laughs> winning the division. <laughs> yes. Losing. They, 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 let's see, uh, won. He had them losing to the Astros in the ALCS, and then the Astros winning the World Series. I had Boston winning 100 games. Wow. Wow, so I was the lowest on every, of everybody on them. Yeah. As far as wins so go. Far. As, as so far, far as wins go. It's true. We still have James. James from Middletown. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay. We, we counted his counts. I forgot. I forgot he was on, yeah. I had the Boston winning 100 games. 100. <laughs> okay. That's how much I thought of that team. Right, right. I also had them winning the wild card because the Yankees are going to be so much better. Right. Which we did. We were correct about that. So sad. It's been a hell um, of a year, dude. What Jimmy had them winning 94 mm-hmm. um, and losing in the ALDS. Okay. So, I mean, they're not even going to make it that far, unfortunately. I mean, they're just not, dude. They're just, they're not. going to. I don't mean to rub salt in the wound no, of all of this. Not at this all. This just illustrates that, like, we were all with you in right. solidarity saying like this team should crush if they make the same moves that they made in prior seasons, they will just, they're going to adapt and they're not going to die. They're going to thrive and they're going right. to continue to win. The thing is, man, you can't, you can't be upset or, you know, you can't be all bent out of shape whenever the lows are the lows, you know, like that's what makes the winning so great. And yeah, but just, we do, we still do. Oh yeah. No, we, we definitely do. We're human that way. And everybody, what if your team only has lows? How yeah, should one feel? That's tough, man. Those <laughs> highs were really good though. Weren't they? Yeah. I mean, I went to a lot of playoff Rangers games, a lot of world series, every home Rangers playoff game I've been to. I mean, did you miss a pitch? There. Did you miss a pitch? No. Did I miss a pitch? Like, did you you watched every pitch of those series? 
I'm sure. Well, I might have been taking a leak or getting a beer well, or something. you know what I'm saying. Like, you were locked in. I was in the same 300-yard radius for every playoff pitch they've had minus – or every playoff pitch they've had in Arlington, full stop. That's pretty awesome, dude. I've flown back to do all the things. That's pretty amazing. And I was broke many of those times. <laughs> hey, man, it's all for the love of baseball, right? <laughs> for sure. This is why I think – this is wholeheartedly why I think my dad was like, hey, you should come back for the last game. Yeah. We have tickets too. That's probably true. But so, shit. So, I mean, at the end of the day, to wrap up this Dombrowski stuff, I mean, do you – do you think it was the right move? What's your take on this? Was it the right move to fire him? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a skill set uh, that's a known quantity outside of slashing and burning team resources to win World Series. That's fair. So if that was the goal all along, mission accomplished, mm-hmm. if we were hoping for other things outside of that, then uh, probably not mission accomplished. So. The only thing that calls all of that into question is him being fired really early, right? Like, yeah, so he had another deal. Why did they do that outside of like, no bullshit, you're fired, we're done? I don't know. So, so I've heard a couple of things about that too. So he had asked, it came out today, he had asked for an extension. They told him, mm, we're going to wait and see. Because and yeah, if yeah. you're ownership, I get that because you're, you're thinking, okay, we've got to rebuild here in the not too distant future. We've got this tax on our mind here. We've got, you know, there's just a lot to consider when it comes to all this. And that's, and as fans, that's hard to understand. That's for sure. But like, there's a lot to consider. And you got to think that if they don't look at this guy as someone that they think can execute a rebuild, which he is fully proven that he cannot. And that's just not what kind of, like, I I don't, he wasn't that guy. Like, he was never that guy. And so I never expected that. I remember telling one year Ivan, you know, friend of the pod, I remember telling him, like, say goodbye to our farm system. It's going to be a rough ride, but it's going to be worth it. Because, I mean, that's what he was there to do. And OEI. So, OEI, man. And so, like, I knew that that's where we were headed, like, even whenever he was hired several years ago. Especially the fact that he, you know, he resigned, I think, from the Tigers and was hired within a day. Like, they they went after their guy, for sure. And it was worth it. I, I definitely think it was worth it. But the fact that he asked for a contract extension, they said no, which I understand both sides of that. He didn't want to go into the last year of his contract, which would be next year as a lame duck GM. Yeah. Which I get that. Like, I understand where he's coming from. And like, either they need to be on the same page or, you know, the writing was on the wall. And especially when it comes to a bad, bad season like this, what I do think, however, the way that this came out, I've heard this this rumbling around in more than one pretty reliable source that he did not see this coming at all. And, <laughs> well, and further than that, um, <laughs> I for, can make a joke about the bullpen, but well, uh, yeah, I know, I definitely agreed. Um, but he didn't see it coming as far as like maybe even right now at all. And further than that, I've heard that he might have found out instead of. Uh, being told properly oh and, shit which would lead to the ultimate fuck up and as to why they're not holding any kind of presser right i mean that seems to make uh, sense yeah. that's never a good situation no. that's yeah that's not good i feel so, i feel for the guy if his goal was to do the thing and he did it and then got canned early and heard about it before he was supposed to be told about it that's like shitty None of that's good. I mean, they haven't. They didn't particularly do a great job by not holding a presser and just saying we're not doing it. I mean, that's like 
breaking up with a girlfriend or boyfriend over text. I mean, come on, what are we doing yeah. here? And so, go ahead. Well, and so, like, I just, I think it's a shitty look, and it, like, based on that, it wouldn't surprise me, because they don't typically handle these things very well. Like, remember whenever they offered John Lester, like, four years, $100 million? What a fucking slap in the face. Regardless of how you feel about John Lester, that's such a slap in the face. Yeah. Because he got seven years, 275 mil, something like that? Like, come on. Oh, my God. You know, like, what are we doing here? So th- what is Antonio Brown doing playing football? <laughs> exactly, right? All the money's in baseball, you idiot. Yeah, guaranteed money at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but- you know, oh, so just a quick quick thing on the, the money thing. You know how much money Antonio Brown is fighting over as it relates to baseball? He's fighting for Jeff Samarja money. <laughs> well said, that long-haired... Jeff Samarja money. That long-haired pitching fuck, dude. That guy's so bad. He's not that good, but no. he's making like $90 million guaranteed. He's got a fantastic name, though. Nobody, it's uh, just hard enough. It's easy to say if you know how to say it, but it's, it's enough to keep the riffraff out. It's yeah. great, dude. I love it. It just like speaks that. to the, the discrepancy between those two sports, like... People yeah. pick baseball over football because of the safety factor, but the money factor is so much greater in baseball also. Like, so much. Who's picking football, yeah. Tyler Murray? <laughs> exactly, dude. My point. Um, it's such a good point. So I, I think ultimately, man, like I said, someone was going to pay the price. I think it had to have been him at the end of the day. Like, I, it, again, it wasn't – I mean, if John Farrell would have been in there, that would he would have been out of there, you know, and, and I think that's – yeah, I mean, they would have had the success they had under Cora. I think Cora is a great manager, and I think yes, yeah, I agree. There are times where he makes head scratching decisions, but I think that comes down to analytics and what that tells them versus what we naturally think, and you just got to trust that in a lot of ways. So he's probably doing the inverse of what the Mets manager does by using his gut only fifteen percent of the time. Right, God, Mickey Callaway, such a moron. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. So I, I guess. Whenever you look at like general managers, so this is a great example. So Dave Dombrowski is like a, a slash and burn kind of, you know, run in there and tear everything down and, and you know, but also bring you a championship kind of guy. And then you've got GMs that are kind of the other way. So for instance, Ben Sherrington was the, the GM before and he was way too protective of the farm and to a, to a fault where you're signing guys like, you know, Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez to you know, to ridiculous contracts to try to make it like try to hold on desperately to, I mean, he had Raphael Devers in the minors with uh, on top of Travis Shaw and he went out and signed Pablo Sandoval. Like that doesn't make any sense. But you're talking about all, all the guys you're mentioning are really good. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, no, for sure. But they've all had their moments of excellence. Definitely. I mean, Speaking directly to the Sandoval component, I know well, you're pretty Hanley, triggered by that one. But no, like, Handley too. Handley, yeah. I mean, Handley. We're talking got, about a group of guys that, like, I I think you you probably cycle your GMs based on their specialty. Right. Like, if you're weak in the farm, you want that guy back who's going to be really firm in building the farm and hanging on to those guys early. And then when you're ready to spend, you feel like you're ready to make a run. You deem it to bring a Dombrowski in, you can flash and burn it and bring in Chris Sale, David Price, and right. get the fucking job done. Yeah, which I, I have respect for, man. Like like I said, I've said it several times now already. He was as advertised. Right. Um, but how many teams well, cycle GMs like that? I mean, we've been running with JD for a while. That's pretty Ash- rare, dude. I think he's one of the longest gendered GMs, I'm pretty sure. He's and, gotta be. You know, I think 
I still think he's largely at the beck and call of the management and is doing all he fucking can. At least right now, that's for sure. I'm happy the team is even around 500, frankly. Yeah. But So let me ask you this, though. Don't you think that that's kind of an old school way to look at it, though? Like, Don't you think that you could probably do both on a year-to-year basis in some way, shape, or form? I sure hope so, right? You don't think every GM's a one-trick pony. Yeah, like it, it's like spinning it like two plates at one time. It seems so, very doable. So this this leads me directly into my harebrained theory that the Red Sox will go for Billy Bean again, who can do all of those things. That would be fantastic. I think How it's, cool would that be? It's going to be like a young kind of guy, like, like I was saying, Mike Hazen, maybe somebody like that who's, you know, kind of... Or like Theo's a great example of somebody. And he even he's a little bit on the older side, like older school side. And and JD was wasn't he a GM when he was like 32 or something like that? Yeah, he was the youngest one ever signed, I think. Yeah. And so like uh, he's not even that old, but even like I think it would be maybe somewhat of a guy that even makes him look a little bit older. I think they just need somebody that's going to prove some direction here. I really do. I don't think it's about age. I think it's about. Well, yeah. But I think those coincide with like a younger mind thinking in different dynamic ways. And that's it's my fair. point. And it's you, fair. Sure, you can get an older guy to come in there and do that. That's not a problem. Like you could definitely go after Billy Bean, I'm sure. So what I I don't know. I don't know what his What I love is. about Billy Bean is he went way young on the thought spectrum really early. And he's almost swung back a little bit to the yes. point where he knows all of those things and, and is like old school in the correct proportions. It's almost like he knows that a lot of it's bullshit and purposely swung it that way so that it benefited him on the backside, which <laughs> yeah. is fucking brilliant if that's what he did. I mean, the A's have consistently done a really good job yeah. with what they've got. They really have. So, I mean... They're currently occupying the first wild card spot for what it's worth. They're a game and a half above Cleveland, who's chasing, and a game below Tampa, who owns the first spot. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I, I just I'm I'm really gonna be interested to watch to see who they hire and what that looks like. And, and I feel like that's gonna I, I get the whole concept behind it. If this guy's not your guy for the next few years, you gotta move on at this point, which yeah. I, I'm I'm good yeah. with that. And Honestly, I think Dave Dombrowski would probably be good with that. If they don't, if he doesn't have their full faith, then what are you? What's he doing there? But yeah. I, I just—if I'm you, I'm waiting on bated breath. Definitely. Well, you know what else has had me waiting on bated breath? Audible. <laughs> me too. Man, I know that you've gotten into Audible lately, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read our little our uh, our sponsorship here, and then we're gonna talk about this a little bit. So today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and get started listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Man, so I know you've recently started using Audible. Is that right? So I had used it a lot in prior years. I tend to uh, usually like have a high, higher usage when I've got like very little going on. Right. Um, I happened to just drive from Atlanta to Northeast Arkansas. It's about an eight and a half hour drive. So what I did is I booted up Audible. I found a title that I was sort of like in my backlog of fiction novels. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be a homer for our sponsor, but it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, I know, right? They might be the best so, sponsor. So, so pleased. Um, 
it kept me occupied. It kept me focused on the road, but just like not listening to music, like, you know, cut up by commercials and all this garbage. I read a, or read, I say I read it. I didn't read it. I listened to a book called Artemis by the author Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian. Mm -hmm. Second full length novel. It's about a moon colony. I'm a sci-fi nerd. I don't want to get into the details of that novel. It was narrated by Rosario Dawson. I fucking enjoyed it so much. I want to listen to it again. That's awesome, uh, dude. Yeah, no. I, I immediately bought another book and was just su super ready to get going on another one. And it, it counts if you listen to it versus read it. I mean, it's the same thing. You're still in taking the information, and that's what matters. I think that's fair. Something to me, I like the feel of a physical book. I, maybe I'm just a little too old-fashioned, but... Listening to, I don't know, it, it is. The information is in my brain the same way. Right. It's great for, the, like you said, the long road trip and all that. So you guys can go get a, a free trial. Um, you know, just use our, our link here. It's audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. Check it out. Awesome product. Great sponsor. Um, all right. So let's take a look real quick at kind of the way things are shaking out. I mean, you were kind of going over the standings a little bit. Do you want to run over some of those that interest you? The interesting ones <laughs> to me uh, lie almost solely with the Diamondbacks, who I think had won 11 of their last 12. They're still 17 games back of the Dodgers, but they're in the fight uh, for the NL wildcard spot number two. Mm -hmm. And this is not a team we've talked a lot about this season for good reason. Like they're pretty, they lost Goldschmidt, they're pretty mentionless. Um, but you know, the Cubs have, uh, Javi Baez. He broke his thumb recently. He's their, you know, highest impact player. They've been underperforming this year. Uh, they could slip a little bit more and the Diamondbacks might be in the wild card position. I find that to be highly exciting. Riveting. They have been like that the last few years though. So I'm looking at their month by month splits here of the season right now. They went... In April, 16 and 10, May, they went 11 and 17. June, they went 15 and 13. July, they went 11 and 12. August, they went 16 and 11, and they're 5 and 2 so far. So they've really picked things up in the last month and change. Good for them. I, I like a good NL West fight because the, Diamond, the Dodgers have just been dominating the headlines for what feels like three or four years now. Well, they have... Th that's so true. They have 31 wins where they that have been considered blowouts, which are five or more runs. By five or more runs. The Diamondbacks or the Dodgers? The Diamondbacks, I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. They got Kettle Marte. He's crushing the ball. He really is. He's had a really good year overall. Well, you know, they yeah, he he really has. They got rid of Zach Greinke. They picked up Zach Gallen from Miami, who was sneaky, probably the best move of the entire off or the entire trade deadline. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. You can absolutely burn it down while still being competitive. Yeah, and I think they did that. I I definitely agree. I I but you have to be in a very specific place to be able to do that. I think. Yeah, like I mean, you've got to have a high a small, value thing like that. It's easier to do in small market teams. I that's admit. true. That's that's very true. Like but, name three Arizona Diamondbacks, other than the two that I just talked about. <laughs> Damn it, you're gonna nail me with Nick Ahmed or some shit. Um, <laughs> so, like, but like, do you think like what? Ultimately, looking back now, so you've had we've had Lance Lynn for most of the season. Let's look at 
I, I'm just trying to speculate on what you think his value would have been at the trade deadline. Now, like, I mean, we we were really worried about his health. I think that was probably the biggest concern, right? Well, I think long-term longevity in general is the same concern for Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. Let's see. Because they're just a little older. They've got a little more rust on there. Right. But they both had consider. I mean, Lance Lynn's huh. 14 and 10. Mike Miner's 13 and 8. Right. So they've been, they've been, well, they've thrown about 180 to 190 innings each. That's pretty damn they, good. Right. And the K ratios are generally okay. I mean, they've been pretty good. These are, these are number two or three guys in a lot of rotations outside of like Houston, um, New York. Probably Dodgers. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of who else. Maybe Atlanta. They're outside of Atlanta. Yes. Outside of Dodgers. Uh, yeah, true. But the I mean, they could have gotten a lot of value out of these guys. They decided to not extract that value at the risk of them failing next year. I just find that so odd because that's actually a step forward. That's that's where I, I other than like we've talked about where ownership just said no, I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I mean, couldn't they have gotten a Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays? Yes. Easily. Couldn't they have gotten an Ian Kennedy from Kansas City? Or, uh, or maybe they could have traded both those guys to the White Sox for Lucas Giolito. Right. They could have done any of that those things. It's just... talking, I, these are all struggling teams who have high value assets to trade, and the Rangers had some you know really high value assets to trade um but overall kind of medium i don't know they they had some high value assets but they didn't have like a cole hamels or anything no there's no yeah there's these are like tier three guys they they got uh fleeced on cole hamels the year before that so Uh, i don't want to talk about it actually i think ultimately i I think at the end of the day that's (laughs) probably going to be the right move for them to have made I just I hope that on opening day we have Mike Miner and Lance Lynn healthy and they are, you know, 90% of what they are this season because that would be really, really, that would show, you know, strong um, predictive prowess. For sure. I, I think one of my biggest surprises of this year so far, I mean, and again, we've got 15, you know, and change games left given depending on who the team is, but to see Cincinnati not in the basement, only 10 games under 500. Not a bad start. Ten games out of the wild card at that. Like, I mean, Milwaukee hasn't been that much better than they have. That's pretty nuts. I think we need to watch Cincinnati. We've talked about this. They've got the right guys. Their pitching staff is really good. They've got a you know plus average, average plus offense to work with. They they should be feared next season. I think. I agree with you, but we've just seen that so many times. It's never true somehow. So I know, but it seems like but, they've got something cooking. So to me, um, we called this out last year with the twins. We thought the twins would be really good this year. That's my call for next year is that the Cincinnati reds are the twins of this year. Okay. And they do. I, I'm not going to say they're going to win the division. They will be much better than they were this year. A lar- it's largely going to depend on what the what's going to happen with the Cubs this year. I really do think so, and I think well, that's that an injuries, right? Like, well, who- of course, yeah. But I mean, you do have Trevor Bauer rolling in there, and I mean, he's a like Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, yeah. Descalfani. Yeah, we've got another guy in there too who could Dude, kill. Descalfani might be the most confusing pitcher I've ever seen. Unbelievable ups and downs. He's like this generation's Clay Buckholz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, buckles. Holy shit. There's a name for you. <laughs> Forgot about that, dude. Pretty uh, pretty predictable thing that happened to the Mets here. Just, just <laughs> dropped out of thin air. Yeah. All right. I, I own that one That's for sure. Take. It's my fault. I uh, get it, dude. You wanted to believe. I, I, I'm with it's you. It's not that I wanted to believe. I, I really, I, there's deep, deep talent there. There's no yes. denying the talent is there. Dude, I'm, I really considered, we'll talk, get into this another day because we haven't even uh, gotten to the POS corners. So we need to do that real quick before we get out of here. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm really fascinated in like the top-down effect of management and all that stuff and how that affects teams and what that like. Like, I'm convinced that that makes such a difference, man. Like, how, how have the Mets been this bad for this long? It's just not possible. It's just I really not. I get it. And if, but you, if you just have a circus in the front office that's, you know, getting caught up with Bernie Madoff and shit, like instead of Ugh. focusing on what actually matters, or in better terms, knowing that you don't know how to run a baseball team and hiring someone that knows how to do it, like we talked about earlier, yeah, seems to make a lot of manager. sense. Better manager, better GM. The talent is already there. They got the guy, guy with like the top five batting average. They have a guy who's hit the most home runs in their club history. They've got DeGrom and Syndergaard and Stroman and no longer Vargas, thank God. It's just unbelievable how bad they can be. And, I mean, you've got, you've got <laughs> you know, Thor yelling at, at management about, you know, not being able to have uh, Wilson Ramos catch him and all this. And it's just, it, it's a recipe for constant dysfunction. And it just, like, you got to think that starts at the top. It, it just feels that way, right? Yeah, for sure. Those Will Ponds don't know shit. But I mean, they're not the only ones. It's true in every. It's that happens in every sport. The Knicks are the same way in basketball. The Raiders are the same way in football. <sighs> so on and so forth. Like it, it just it always holds true. The the uh, uh, not the Rangers. The uh, Islanders are like that in hockey. It's the same thing. It's crazy, man. It always makes a difference. It's incredible how much they've totally nuked their own soul. Um, I need an outlet to talk about AB at one point. Yes, whether we will. it be this podcast or a football podcast, we'll get on. We'll get on the football live stream this this uh, maybe on Sunday, and you can do that. Sweet, yeah, that'll be good. But yeah, man, it's it's there's just so much that happens in every sport that way, and I think there's a there's a real big correlation to that. And I've I've been wanting to really do some deep dive research, but you know, I take on stupid projects like you know, trying to add relegation to baseball and, you know, here we are. So my backlog gets filled up with things, but we're going to do that in the off season. Let me give you a quick, can I do a quick rapid fire question on you? Go for it. Who is your world series pick today? Today? Um, probably Houston. Yes. Yeah. I think probably Houston. I don't know though, dude, the Dodgers are really good and I want to be on the Braves bandwagon hard. I just want to see what they do in the first round of the playoffs. We'll go from there. They'll fold. You think so? You'll see it in person. Let's watch it. Dude, don't tell me that. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> don't make me come to Atlanta for that. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm already doing it. I'm coming already. So it's just <laughs> shit sucks. Um, I don't know, man. I it's it's hard to say yet. It, what's the buzz around the Braves right now? Is everybody excited? Like, oh yeah, they're excited. All right. I mean, is it like they're nine and one in their last ten? I know. Like they're. I mean, the run differential definitely concerns me, especially at plus 97 when you compare it against plus 233 for the Dodgers. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. But uh, the pitching is rounding out nicely. Offense is still there. You got Acuna, Donaldson having a comeback season. Albies, fine. Um, they're a good team. I think they'll hold their own. And they win close games. Yeah. 
And okay. that's why their run differential is so low at plus 97, but their run, their wins are so high. Interesting. So they really grind it out. They, they grind it out the way the Rangers teams did when they were good. And that's all it takes, man. I mean, people don't like to talk about it, but those Rangers teams were fine, but they got really good at the right time. They added the right yeah. pieces at the deadline. They did all the things that, that should be done here. So I'm looking at the Braves splits and everything in the first yeah. half they were 54 and 37 in the second half they've been 35 and 18 they are 11 and 5 in extra inning games 70 runs scored versus 63 allowed in extra inning games that's great they are 27 and 13 in one run games and 25 and 16 in blowouts five or more runs yeah this is a team that scratches out runs. They bunt, they steal bases, they do hit and runs. They do the old school stuff, right? And they've got the right analytics and the right talent to do it all. And also, um, they went 19 and 9 in August, by the way. Oh. Yeah, they could do it all. You're 100% correct. And that's, I, that's awesome. why I won on this bandwagon I hard. I love it. But I think the Dodgers just have like so greater good. talent. Yeah. They fill, they, I, we've talked about this before. The Dodgers just fill every hole they need for every circumstance they do match up pitcher hitter stuff both for their pitchers and for their hitters better than anyone in the game I don't uh, even but think atlanta i think is much more fun to watch and they've got a, a more well-rounded uh, squad by that by that standard you've got to think that at least you're looking at a situation where Atlanta is going to be good in the coming years. Cause they are still really young, but like, I don't look at them the same way that I look at like the twins where I just straight up don't believe in the twins yet. They'll get yeah. there, but I just don't believe in them yet. And I don't look at the Braves that way. That was how I looked at the Braves last year, right? Last year. That's how I felt about the Braves. I believe in them now. It's kind of going to be up to whatever they can get done in the postseason. It's, you know, that's kind of up in the air, but yeah, they're, they're fucking good, man. Don't, don't, Turn your back on Atlanta. I, I'm not. I, I Like I said, I want to be on this bandwagon more than just about any other bandwagon. That's for sure. I got two Brave shirts. Just dying to be money. put out, huh? <laughs> just dying to be worn. That's right. Uh, you're going to get to them soon enough, man. We have like a month till the playoffs. So it's, it's right around the corner. And we're going to be doing a bunch of live streams and all that stuff to watch games. So we can actually all watch it together in BS live as we do it so that'll be fun man i'm really really looking forward to it yeah me too dude that's gonna be great all right i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up we want to remind everyone to follow us on social media that is sensibly loud media on facebook at the outfielder pod on twitter and at sensibly loud on instagram we want to remind everyone to check out the website as well that is www.sensiblyloud.com for all your latest blogs pods and more we want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 82 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Dave got fired.